Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen in to today's message. I want to get back to God's faithfulness part two. Last week we talked about the faithfulness of God, and God is faithful to you, to his word, and to his people. He's never leave you nor forsake you. He always comes through. I always say that God is an on-time God. He's always on time. He's never too late. He's never too early. He is faithful to his word, and he always produces and says and does what he says he's going to do. God is faithful, but we were talking about faithfulness, just kind of a recap before we get into the new stuff. Faithfulness means, if you've seen this on the screen. Faithfulness means a steadfast spirit, staying true to something, committed to a task, and an I don't quit attitude. That's what faithfulness means, a steadfast spirit, a staying true to something. I'm going to stay in there. I'm going to be faithful till the end. I'm going to be faithful to the end. I remember when I was in junior high, I used to run cross country. And when running cross country, a lot of times in running cross country, you run the race a lot of times by yourself. You run the race a lot of times by yourself. You're out there in the middle of nowhere. You may have a runner in front of you or ahead of you and maybe even beside you. But a lot of times when you're running cross country, you're running alone. And when you're running alone, guess what happens a lot of times? The enemy starts coming in, man. You're tired. You're fatigued. He starts going again. You really want to finish this race? You really want to keep doing this? You're exhausted. You're tired. You're sweating. You don't have the energy. So all of a sudden, all this stuff begins to become baggage to me. And I'm out there all alone, and you know what happens? All of a sudden, there's this urge of wanting to quit, but wanting to quit. But what makes me want to stay in there is I always want to see the finish line. I always want to finish. So a lot of times when I was in that race and being out there in the middle of a field or wherever we had to run for cross country, there were so many times I was tempted to want to quit. Man, I was tired. I was exhausted. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you know that we are not in a sprint with God? We are not in a sprint. We are in, not in a marathon. Man, we're in a, a journey with God each and every day, a journey with God the day we were born. Now, you got to get this. The day we were born until he comes to take us home. We are in a journey walk with God. Yeah, we're going to have our times of low times and times that we want to quit, but you got to always remember the end of the line, the finish line that you're going to be able to cross over with God and he's going to look at you and say well done thy good and faithful servant so many times you want to quit God doesn't care how fast or how slow you go he wants you to keep going and how do you do that you do that by remaining faithful staying in there not quitting not giving up but staying in there and when I felt like quitting doing the cross-country runs that I did man I was so elated the moment I crossed over the finish line because there was a sense of victory, a sense of thrill that I accomplished the race. How I many you know that God says that we are in this race? We are in this race. Paul, I always read, when I read about Paul or Saul, I always think that Paul may have been an athlete. And the reason why I think that he may have been an athlete, he equates a lot of his journeys or a lot of his books that he writes about as being a runner. I've fought the fight. I've kept the faith. I've finished the race. He said, I've run the race. And one has to run the race that no man can run it before, but you have to complete the race yourself. So he always equates things about racing. He must have been a runner. And the thrill of crossing over the victory line. But you never cross over if you're quitting all the time in the middle of the stream. And the moment I crossed over, man, it was, I may have not have won the race, 
but it was still a sense of victory because I finished the race. And here's what happens with believers. Believers in Christ and church around the world in general, they get in the middle of this journey and they quit in the middle of the journey. And what happens is because they don't see the sign of victory, they get discouraged and they say, what's the use? It's only because we always quit in the middle of the stream. And God doesn't want you to quit. He wants you to remain faithful and steadfast. Faithfulness says, I will continue to push on regardless of the pressures or the tasks at hand. I'm going to push on regardless of what comes my way. I'm going to keep pushing on. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to, you know, give up. I'm not going to quit, but I'm going to push through. As I talked about last week, man, the, the space shuttle panels that my uncle made, they had to keep going through, and they resisted all the pressures and the shaking. But when they got through and broke through the sound barrier, what happened? Peace came. You have to keep pushing through. But today, I want to talk to you about equipped with faithfulness part two. In Hebrews chapter 13, I love how the author of Hebrews writes these words. And it's so cool because right there, I saved this scripture because last, tomorrow, or next week, Sunday, is my last series on this, the last sermon on this, uh, equipped with faithfulness, right? But watch this. He says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20, he said, Now may the God of peace... Peace that passes all understanding, peace of mind, give you clarity of thought and mind, who through the blood of eternal covenant, covenant means a promise or bond that he made with you, that through the covenant, he said, brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ. We know what happened. That the enemy was rejoicing on Friday, but he was upset on Sunday. Why? Because what happened on Friday, the enemy thought he won, but God fulfilled the promise and rose Jesus from the dead. And the reason why he rose Jesus from the dead is why we celebrate today because we serve a risen Savior who is alive who's alive, who is not in the grave, who is alive. He's not Buddha or Muhammad, but he's a risen Savior who's alive. And because he's alive, we can celebrate and we can rejoice and put our trust in him because he follows through with what he said he's going to do. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now watch this. This is so cool. He says, brought back from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep. So what does he say? He gives us two promises of faithfulness there. Two promises of faithfulness that, number one, I was faithful to my word, that I resurrected my son, that I brought him back to life, and he's resurrected, now seated at the right-hand side of the Father. But the second promise he's given us, a great shepherd. To what? To his sheep. So in other words, what God is saying, I fulfilled the promise by raising him from the dead, but then not only, Heather, did I fulfill the promise, but I gave you a great shepherd. And what is the shepherd's role? The shepherd's role is to take care of the sheep. Amen? I don't know about you, but when my kids were growing up, and you're, you're, my kids are all growing up, but you young parent families, don't you do everything you can to get what your kids need? I know Rhonda and, 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 and Jeff, you guys do everything for Levi and Zach. And, man, you have a great family, and Zach's now playing football. And they're trying to do everything they can to make sure that he's prospering in football and make sure he's got the right cleats and so on. Heather, you're doing the same thing. I'm so proud of you as a single mom. You're raising your two boys, man, and what you're doing. That's awesome. I mean, that's awesome. 
But we do everything we can to prove ourselves as parents and do everything we can to, to, to help make sure our kids are taken care of. You know what? That's what God does. God is a great shepherd. The shepherd leads and directs and protects the sheep, which you and I are the sheep. So because of that, God says, I am your shepherd and I am faithful to meet you in your areas of needs of your life. You get that? But he says that. Now, here's the key verse. You got to get this in your heart. He shows you his faithfulness to remind you. Now, get this in verse 13 or verse 21. To remind you of his faithfulness that's in you. Now, watch this. In verse 21, he says this. Equip you. Did you get that? That faithfulness that he showed to you by raising his son from the dead, by sending him as a shepherd, now he says, I have equipped you. I have equipped you to be able to do that which I've called you to do. I've made you ready and prepared for the battles that are at hand. I have equipped you with everything you need. You know, some time ago, about a couple months ago, I had to go to Bob, Bob Anderson's place, and I, I have my, my Ford truck, and I, I can't, couldn't get at the uh, oil filter because it had a different teeth on my oil filter, and I didn't have that wrench. So I went over to, uh, to Bob's place, and uh, he was able to crawl under there. Thank you, Bob, for doing that. He was able to crawl under there, get that oil filter off for me, and, man, it was so cool because, man, he got it, and he changed the oil. I was going to do it myself. All I needed him to get the oil filter off, but he did a good thank you, buddy, man. It was great. And, and he got under there, got all dirty. I didn't even have to get no grease on me or nothing. And I thought, man, thank you, Jesus. But you know what? After he got done doing that, I said to him, I said, Bob, how much do I owe you? And he looked at me and says, nothing. And I said, well, why is that? And here's Bob's response. He says, because I want to do this for you. Now, now get this. You got, you got to get this. Do you believe, now you, you, you got to get this in your heart. Do you believe that Jesus is your Abba Father? Do you believe that you are his sons and your daughters? If you are his sons and daughters, guess what? God desires to do things for you. Just like I was saying, Rhonda and Jeff, you want to do it for your boys. Heather, you want to do it for your boys. Just like that, God wants to do it for you. And you know what? Here's what he says. I want to do that for you, just like Bob says, because I love you. But then he says, I equip you with every good, everything good. Did you get that, Heidi? Man, I love watching you and Donnie on Facebook. Man, Donnie, you put some of the craziest stuff out there. I love it. You make me laugh all the time. You and your, you and your, your, your wife, man, you, you just got bubbles all over you right now. You're just so in love. I see you all over Facebook. I love my wife. I love my man. But you, here's, here's the funny thing. Holly, you got to get this in your heart. He says, with everything Good. Molly Holly. I got it. <laughs> With everything good. For doing his will. 
So God equips you with everything good to bear and carry out his will. God will never call you to do something that he doesn't prepare you to do. So in other words, he equips you to do that which he's called you to do. So you're not going empty-handed when God calls you to do something. He's equipped you. He's made you ready for the battle or for the task that he calls you to do. And just like, guess what? Bob had the right wrench. And because he had the right wrench, he was able to get that oil filter off. And what God does he calls you to a task and gives you the right tools at the right time to do that which he's called you to do so that you now you got to get this so that you can remain faithful in doing the task that God calls you to do why because he's equipped you with the right tools the right things to fulfill that which he's called you to do somebody say amen Amen. you get it so I'll get this this is so cool you you got to get this he says so it says, equip your doing that he may work in us to pleasing through him, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I love this. God will never ask you to do something, he, uh, something, be something, or give something that he himself has not already done. So in other words, he's not going to ask you to do something that he himself has not already done. He has already paved the way, showed the way, and made a way for you. God not only takes our faith, uh, t- talks of faithfulness, he showed it by raising his son from the dead and giving us his shepherd. So in other words, he equipped us. But if you look at the word equipped, now I want you to see this. Equipped means capable. That you are capable. How many have ever said this before? I can't do it. I'm doomed. I'm never going to make it. I'm going under. But God, where he guides, he provides. He makes you capable or able to do what he's called you to do. He said, look at capable, prepared, and ready for battle. God's not going to let you go out in battle and not be able to do that what he's called you to do. And not empty-handed. That's what equip means. He's prepared you. He's made you capable. And when you say that you can't, that's when God said you can. Because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not of your own strength, your own ability. It's God who equips you and makes you capable of doing that which he calls you to do. And I always say this, what is faith? Faith is a substance of things unseen, but things hope for, right? So God says, listen, I want you to do this. But you don't see it. You don't see it in a physical sense. But we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. And God says, listen, I'm calling you to to a faith journey to walk it out for my glory and for my honor. And as I call you to do that, I will equip you. I will prepare you. And I won't leave you empty-handed in the task that I lay before you. But you just remain Faithful. And in our lives right now, what God is calling the church to do, and I'm talking about the church abroad, what God is calling the church to do is come back to faithfulness. Come back and be faithful in following me with all your heart. Following me with all your heart. God, I'm going to be faithful to you. I'm not going to wander. I like this. Where God guides, he provides. Where he appoints, he anoints. Where he sends you, he will go with you. I love this. Where he equips you, he will enable you. Do you get all that? He will enable you to do that. God enables you to be faithful even when you feel like quitting, giving up or messing up. Keep looking up because he is faithful. 
He will enable you. You've got to remind yourself that God's covenant, his promise, is always yes and amen. And one of his promises is I'm going to equip you or establish you to make it to the end. So you say, Pastor, what are some things that I can be faithful in? It'll be on the screen. Things to be faithful to is number one is this. First and foremost, to be faithful to your family. God, I'm going to remain faithful to my family. Husbands, the Bible says if we don't take care of our family, we're like an infidel. That we need to be faithful to our family, committed to our family, not bailing when the pressures get tough. That we stay in there. We have an I don't quit attitude. God will help you and make it through the battles if you will stay in there. God will help you. You've got to be committed to your family that, God, I'm all in. I'm not easily bailing. I'm going to stay in there. I'm going to fight the fight. We're going to get through this with our family. We're going to make it through, and I'm going to stay in there. Another one is this, faithful to church. That, God, I'm going to be faithful to church. I'm not going to quit. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, he says this, not giving up meeting together, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So what is the role of the church? The role of the church is not giving up and making it a habit or making excuses. The church today, not this church, but the church in general, as I talk to many, many pastors around that I talk to, man, they're all saying that people have used this COVID as an excuse. They use this COVID. And what he's saying, a lot of the pastors are saying, the people that usually been on the fringe of coming to church, Guess what? They really crossed over the line and now made an excuse not to come to church. And they got an excuse now that, hey, I don't have to come to church because of COVID. Well, really, they have lost the priority of making church a priority. And we have made an excuse about why we don't have to be the church. But what it says about what the church is all about is to edify and to encourage and lift up the church. There's a person here today that has been watching online. And she's been watching online because of some physical help. And she's been watching online, so she hasn't been able to come. So the last two weeks, she's been able to be attending the church. And she's been attending here. And she came up to my wife after church, and she said, Pastor CJ, or Cheryl, she said, she said, I want to let you know. She said, I've been watching online, and we know she's been watching online because we can see her uh, signing in online. And you know what she said? It's not like being online like it is being here. She said, it's not the same. Because when you're watching online, guess what? I, and I thank God. We, we have sometimes 3,000 people watching online. And don't get me wrong. I thank God for that. And it's exciting to see what God's doing. So if you're watching online, I'm not criticizing you. I'm just making a point. The reason why she said that is because there's a, pre, there's a presence when you come into the church. The role of the church is not to put down, but the role of the church is to lift up. That when people come into the church, our role, that what we should be doing, we should have, man, 3D glasses that the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost comes upon you that, man, I want to speak into their lives. I want to be an Aaron and her to people. I want to assist them. I want to help them. Iron sharpens iron. So does one man sharpen another. That's what the role of the church is. And sometimes what happens with the church, sometimes the church shoots his wounded. We shouldn't shoot each other We criticize each other. The church should be a safe place that when we come and worship, guess what? We can come in one accord, uplifting one another, in loving one another, praying for one another, accepting one another, knowing that we have to go back out here after we leave to face this battle. We need to lift up each other. And so the church, another one is this, be faithful in friendships. 
There are good ships. There are bad ships. But the best ships are friendships. Be faithful in your friendships to one another. You know, there's a lot of times you have a, it's supposed to be a two-way street. But there has to be, it's a lot of times it's just a one-way street. Doing all the taking but no giving. We need each other. I don't know about you, but man, one of the things that I'm learning about being in a smaller town, please don't take this wrong, that people that live in a smaller town, they like it when things shut down at 5 o'clock. <laughs> Not this guy. I go stir crazy. I'm still trying to figure out what you guys do. I can't watch TV all the time. Can I ask you, what do you guys do after 5 o'clock? I mean, I have deer that come in my yard about 631. I got it even timed. That kind of brings a little thrill. But, man, after 5 o'clock, oh, my, when it gets to hunting, businesses around here to shut down whenever they feel like it. True, right? Hey, listen, we need each other. And if you're on the sidelines thinking you don't have friends, then let me ask you, are you being friendly? Are you being friendly? You have to reach out too. You see, it's a two-way street. You know, some people, man, they, they, they always expect, hey, pastor doesn't do this. I, my rule is I don't call you because, listen, if I call you, then I have to call 100 and 300 and 400, 500 people. And you know what happens? Then if I call you, then they, the other person gets jealous. But if you call me, I'll be at your house. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. I always tease my brother. Oh, you must have found the corridor in the couch because you're calling me. Some of you need to find a quarter in your couch and start calling some friends. Listen, if you're always waiting for somebody to call you, you're going to be waiting a long time. One of the DNAs of this church is that we should be friendly. We should really be friendly. Not just when we come to church being friendly and put on our Christian face. No, that we're every day, daily, living out being friendly to the brokenhearted and the less fortunate showing people that we care. Being faithful to your job. Man, being faithful to your job. I was just with some people last night, and they were saying they can't hire anybody at their jobs because they'll, they'll work a couple days and they quit. We, we have this attitude about bailing when things get tough. But we as believers, we need to stay in there. Being faithful, being committed. I know I'm stepping on people's bunions, but it's true. <laughs> right? The last one is this, faithful most of all to the Lord. God is not a cookie jar that when your appetite, man, for God is, is there, you take the lid off and then you get all of God and once you're done, you put the lid on and wait till three months later when you need another appetite fix. Being faithful to God. Lord, I, I'm going to be faithful to you. I'm going to stay in there. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 6 says these words. And I love Proverbs because it's Solomon who writes the wisest man. He says, many claim to have unfailing love. Claim. We can all say we love one another until things get tough. We can all say we love our kids or love our spouses or love our pastor or love our church until things get tough. He said, but, but. A faithful person who can find. 
And so in other words, what was happening was Solomon was reminding the people is, don't bail when things get tough. Let me ask you a question. How many of you, and I, I, I want an honest answer, have a perfect family that everything runs on all cylinders? Good, we got a lot of true Christians here today. Now, how many of you know that I had six sisters and a brother, and we had one bathroom? Now, you figure that out. And growing up, let me tell you, my mom was single, and she tried to raise all eight of us kids. In between our other husbands, we had three dads. You know what? I remember. Listen, it wasn't easy raising eight kids, especially six girls. You could never get the bathroom. They always had those electric curls, remember, with the blue dot, and when it got hot, it would turn red. And so they would always stay in the bathroom waiting for the blue dot to turn red so they could put it in their hair. And you know what? Because of that, my brother and I would always had two decisions about going to school. One, either we can get up real early before our, our sisters got the bathroom so we get ready to go to school, or two, we just wait till they get done and always be late to school. That was our option. The point is, there's no perfect family. And so because there's no perfect family, do you give up on them? My mom never gave up on my six sisters or my brother. Man, we stayed in there. And because of that, we're, we're doing well. My family's doing great. My question is this. Listen, when things don't necessarily go your way, you still have to remain faithful and committed to the task, even when it sometimes is hard. And that's even in the family of God, there's going to be things. Some people are maybe saying things about the building program. Guess what? You know what? Hey, we're trying to do our best. You're trying to do your best at your home, right? And sometimes what you do at your home, people may not agree with. But you have to stay faithful. Are you following me today? Yeah. I know I'm stepping on. I told you this was going to be a tougher one today. Right? You have to. He says, listen, but a faithful person who can I find? The Lord doesn't just want lip service, but heart service, committed and faithful to him. That's what God wants. And I know that time's getting away, but in Romans chapter 8, I, I, and I'm going to encourage you. How many of you read Psalms 89 last week? I don't know about you, but I asked you to read that. Great, great book about faithfulness. Here's a demonstration of faithfulness of a quitter that never quit when things got tough. I call Romans 8, grade 8. And see, a lot of times what we want is we want a depiction or a description of someone who's done it. And because they've done it, then we can follow in their footsteps and it gives us confidence that they've done it, we can do it. Well, here's a, a, a picture of someone who was faithful. And that faithful one was Paul. In grade 8 of Romans, man, there's so many nuggets and so many truths there in Romans chapter 8. But in Romans 8, starting with verse 31 through 39, watch what he says. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? So he starts out that verse, but then watch this. Why does he say that? He goes on in the next leading verses. Go ahead. He says, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, who will be not who will he not also, along with him, generously, graciously give us all things. 
In other words, equip us. Then he goes on to say, verse 33, he goes on, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is, not, it is God who justifies. Verse 34, he goes on to say this, who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Always remember that verse. Interceding for us. Who separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sore? So hear what Paul's saying. He's giving you a depiction of the pressures or the stress that he went through in life. Then he goes on. He goes on next verse. He says, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Then he goes in verse 37, he says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, do you get that? We are more than conquerors. And then he goes on. For I am convinced, go, go ahead. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angel nor demons, neither the present nor the future, or any powers, verse 39, watch this, neither heights nor depths or anything else in all creation will be able will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, separate, break up my faithfulness or my commitment to Christ. And I love what he says. In verse 31 and 34, what is he saying there? He, Paul had confidence. Now, you've got to get this. Paul had confidence in verse 31 and 34 that if God is for him, who can be against him? Paul had confidence in this journey walk that we are in that he could make it because him and God made a majority. And because him and God made a majority, and if God was for me, who could be against me? The battle is not mine, but it's the Lord. Paul knew that if I will just remain faithful, God will pull me through the end. If I stay in there, if I don't have an I don't quit attitude, when you know that God is with you, it gives you confidence to remain faithful. And you know what? I'll tell you, when I was growing up and you knew I was in a gang, I'll tell you, man, when I was always around my gang, I felt big and bad and proud and strong. Man, like I, I was invincible. But, man, I remember the days when I'd get up in the morning and I would walk to my bus stop all by myself. I would always walk in fear because I didn't know if I was ever going to get jumped or what because of what I did in the night before or with my gang of beating people up. But I'll tell you one thing. When I would start walking to the bus stop, man, I had a nervous twitch. I was always looking over my shoulder, looking around me because I was wondering who was going to jump me. But you know what? With God on my side, you don't have to be afraid of the enemy, the wiles of the enemy, the attacks of the enemy, because God said, when the enemy comes in like a flood, I'm going to raise up a standard against them. I will not leave my people. I will always be with you. I will guide you. I will be the shepherd that I raised from the dead, and I will point you in the direction there for the walk. You just keep remaining faithful. Amen? So Paul knew that in Luke chapter 22, you got you to get this. In Luke 22, Jesus was talking to Simon, Simon, or Peter, and he said these things. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you all as wheat. So notice what he said. In other words, I'm going to come and sift you. I'm going to attack you. I'm going to do everything I can. Job, when he came to Job and he said, hey, man, I, I want to take out Job. And he said, what? 
you could take out Job, but just don't kill him. Right? How many, how many want a Job experience? Even his wife turned against him. He's taking broken clay uh, pots and scraping off the scales off his face and all the things he went through, the pressures he went through. But Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as we. In other words, he's coming at you full, full bore, double, double barrel shotgun. He's coming at you. But look at what Jesus says to Simon. In verse 32, he says these words. He said, but Randy, but Tamara, but Jamie, but Kari, but Michael, put your name there. As I read this, put your name there. CJ, I have prayed for you. Guess what he's doing when you're going through the battle? He said, Simon, CJ, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. So in other words, what God is saying, he said, I have equipped you. I prepared you. I put it in you. Now all what I have equipped you with, now you have to practice what you preach. You have to walk out what's in you. He said, I'm not going to jump in the battle and fight the battle for you. I'm going to pray for your faith and see that you're going to remain faithful. So he said, listen, Rob, I equipped you. In other words, I made you capable. I prepared you. You're not going into the battle empty-handed. So now that what I prepared you for, I want to see if you remember the test. And I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. So many times what we do when we face the struggles, we want God to jump in there right away to knock them out. But God said sometimes we have to see where our faith level is. We have to get tested. Because you know what happens when a fire gets tested or a diamond gets tested? It's made out of a coal. And then what happens from the coal? It turns into a, this beautiful diamond. Under pressure is where we're going to really see where our faithfulness is with God. And God doesn't abandon you, but he prays for you. Don't quit. I can see God. What does he do in heaven? The Bible says he makes intercession for you. Larry, he's praying for you. What do you think he's saying when he's praying for you? You know what he's saying for you, Andrew? He's saying, Andrew, you can do it. Adam, you can do it. You don't quit. You can do it. You can stay in there. You can do this, Dawn. You can make it. You can make it. You can make it. I'm praying for your faith not to quit. Let me remind you today, some of you are ready to quit. Come on, Pastor Andrew. Some of you are ready to quit. You see, Jesus is praying for your faith, that you will remain faithful and not fail. I love what it says in verses 35 and 36 of Romans. Paul, he went through the battle. In verses 35 and 36, you've seen what he said. Nothing could separate him from the love of God. Can I ask you something? Are you being beaten and flogged? Days without sleep, without food? Paul said in Philippians that he learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or well-fed. He said, I've learned the secret in Philippians chapter 4. The reason why he knew that is because, man, my God is faithful. Hey, God didn't say when you became a Christian, it's going to be a bed of roses and things will become easy. But what God did say, I'll be with you through the battle. And I love this. Verses 38 and 39. Paul said, hey, I'm going to remain faithful. I'm going to stay in there. He went through the attacks. But faithfulness is showing when it's under fire. 
when it's shown, when it's under fire, and not just when it's a bed of roses. Faithfulness is what believers, what unbelievers, what unbelievers can see or, or what they see before they commit to Christ. Do they see faithfulness in you? Why do unbelievers want to accept God? If you're up and down, one day you love the Lord, then the next day you go to work, man, you can't even see the Lord. Why do people want that? You've got to remain faithful. But in Romans chapter 8, verse 37, as I close, and we're going to honor somebody here. Romans chapter 8, verse 37, he says this, Know that we are more. Know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You can never be considered a conqueror if you are not faithful. You can never be considered a conqueror if you're not faithful. A conqueror is committed and faithful to the end. It sees the finish line. And I want to encourage you today. Let's remain faithful. Let's remain faithful. Stay in there. Hey, listen. We're brothers and sisters of like faith. We should be able to reach out to each other to encourage each other. And that's what the church is all about. That we reach out and encourage one another, pray for one another, and love one another. That's what the church is about. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, please consider supporting us. You can make an easy and safe donation on our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com give. Thank you for your generous donation.